We thank and praise God for yet another chance to be able to share with you from his word. And God's word is so profound. It is so wonderful. It is so uh, blessed and so uh, detailed with all of the many things that God is revealing to us through his word. He would have us to understand as we search the scriptures. And I have been sharing with you some of my favorite Bible verses or Bible passages. And I want to continue with that coming from the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. Verse 8. And this is found under the heading of exhortations in my NIV uh, translation. And verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And then as I read and pondered over this verse and how uh, in such detail it is on how it tells us how to think, I had to go back a few verses ahead of that and pull in verse 6 and 7. And it says, verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So we find here that God does not want us to be anxious or nervous or fretful or worry about the things around us about the happenstances of the of the of the times that we're in but he says in everything through Paul he tells us by prayer God wants us to follow lead out go alongside prayer everything he wants us to cover in and with prayer and then it says with thanksgiving so not only are we praying to God about a situation in order that we won't allow it to get the best of us, if you want to say it that way. But also with the thanksgiving, knowing that as we're praying, God has already answered. God has already planned out the best um, for us and that he's going to open that door or doors for us. But we must seek him in prayer, committing it to him and allowing him to speak to us, to lead us. And as I always say, to navigate and help us through these situations. And so God wants us to, to with prayer and thanksgiving. And then it says, and the peace. So as we're giving it over to God, as we are laying it at God's feet through prayer, he will bring about peace because we have entrusted something to him. And so his power, his authority over it, his greatness, his ability to rule and to reign upon everything and bring us victory uh, comes forward 
and his peace he gives goes beyond what we can even comprehend or understand. All we know is I gave it to God. I prayed about it. I gave it to God in prayer. And I felt this burden lifted. I felt just a weight off my shoulder, so to speak. And I've often heard people say that. And it's because they chose, they made a conscious, intentional decision to give whatever it was that was troubling them or that they may have uh, spotted on the horizon coming toward them or whatever the case may have been. They chose to give it to God. And in giving it to God, God brings peace. Because now we are saying, Lord, I can't handle it on my own. I acknowledge that. I understand that. I'm acknowledging you in this way. And I'm believing you're going to give me what I need to be able to get through it. Now, to give you a little bit of a a background about the book of Philippians that this verse and these verses actually come from, I found out that it was written to the first church. So the first church on European soil was this church at Philippi. So it was the first church that was actually established on European soil. And um, I also found out that Paul was actually, when he wrote this book, he was in prison. And at the time, as he was writing, he was troubled, uh, not only uh, just by the fact that he was confined and unable to come and go as he once was in spreading the gospel. Of course, God was using him even through this imprisonment, as we're finding out here through this book. But he was also troubled by just the opposition of other Christian workers that were coming against him. And he was distressed by false teaching that was coming up and being uh, taught or brought about within the church at Philippi. And, but at the same time, this letter uh, just breathes uh, a joy Uh, a confidence that can be explained only by Paul's deep faith in Jesus Christ. So even though these things were going on on the outside uh, around him and things that had happened to him, Paul yet still had this unshakable, immovable faith, trust, love, confidence in Jesus that he knew that he had been called and he knew that whatever he found himself in or being faced with, God was going to see him through. God always had a plan and that God was going to bring him through that through that victoriously. And also the, the immediate reason for this book being written was really to thank the Philippians, Christians, uh, for just the gift that, that they had sent to him during his time of need and he used this opportunity to reassure them so that they would have courage and confidence in spite of all of the troubles that they were going through as well and remember uh, we found out that there was opposition that they faced because they were in a pagan culture and so whatever religions that were um still out there uh, around them would be trying to challenge them and perhaps even trying to pull them back into what they came away from and out of before they became uh, believers and came to know Christ. 
And so all of these things were going on at the same time. And Paul was encouraging them uh, to be controlled not by uh, their selfish ambition and pride, but to stay under the authority and up under the direction of the Holy Spirit. He reminded them that that their life um, and the reason why they had the life that they had was because of their union with Christ Jesus. And he was the gift of God to them, to the church, to all of us as believers. And God's grace uh, was received by faith when we accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. And so to be, and so be, uh, just to be appreciative of that fact and knowing that and to know that we were no longer having to be bound by, in their case, they were no longer bound by the ceremonies of, of the Jewish law. And so he writes of the joy and the peace that God gave to those who live in union with Christ. And so this letter came as a result of what I just shared with you in regards to Paul and his desire to encourage them and to keep them encouraged. Now, as I read from the NIV, I want to read the same verses out of um, the Good News Translation. And the subheading for these verses are under instructions. Instructions. And so beginning at verse... um, Beginning at verse 6, it says, Don't worry about anything, but in all your prayers, ask God for what you need. Always asking Him with a thankful heart. And God's peace, which is far beyond human understanding, will keep your hearts and minds safe in union with Christ Jesus. And then my highlight verse is verse 8. In conclusion, my friends, fill your minds with those things that are good and that deserve praise. Things that are true, that are noble, that are right, that are pure, that are lovely and honorable. Honorable. So, So we can keep our mind and practice keeping our mind will be a better way of putting it when we don't worry but pray about everything. So that's why I had to include verses 6 and 7 because those words of God will help us to be able to think right. We can think right and think better when we're not fretful or worried about things that may be happening around us. Uh, Maybe we're going to fear about losing a, a job or there may be an illness in someone in our family, could even be us, or maybe our children may have gone astray, whatever. We want to cover those things in prayer. And when we cover those things in prayer, and as we are submitting ourselves to God, He brings about this peace because we give it to Him. And so He can be trusted that if we give something to Him, He will take that and he'll begin to work on our behalf with that and for that. And so now his peace replaces the worry and the fret that we had before we gave it to him, whatever that issue may have been. And then it says, 
that God will keep our hearts and minds safe because we are in union with his son, Christ Jesus. So therefore, we can now think on those things that are good. Now we won't have as much of a pull to not think this way. Now there will be times when our our thoughts will be challenged by the enemy to make us want to go back into the worry mode. But God is saying that when we give it to him covered in prayer and receive his peace, then we'll be able to better think on those things that are good and deserve praise, those things that are true, those things that are noble. You see how I'm going with this? So it takes several steps before in order to get to our thoughts. But we first have to give everything over to our Father Himself, trusting Him with those things, giving those things to Him, and allowing Him to work those things out. And when we do that, then our mind is less cluttered, if you will, and we can focus on those things to think on that God would have us to. Because as we think on those things from Him, and all these come from Him, things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, and honorable, honest. Those things come from him. And so as we think on those things that come from him, we're going to be better undergirded and better and um, stronger, better, more even encouraged than before because we're doing it God's way. Now, I also want to read from the Amplified Translation. And verse 6 says, Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything but in every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition which are definite requests petitions are definite requests with thanksgiving continue to make your wants known to God so God does not want us to be anxious or fretful or worry about a situation He wants us to bring those things to him, to present those things to him in prayer, asking God and thanking God for helping us through these things. Lord, I can't do it on my own. I know I'm not supposed to even try. And so I'm going to obey your word and I'm going to give them to you and believe that you're going to help me out and through this situation. And then it says in seven, and God's peace shall be yours, that tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace. So the peace that we're talking about is a peace that because we are doing things God's way we don't have to fear from God God does not have to correct us or to corral us in and bring us back in because we got out of step with him and his plan but rather we chose to follow him from the beginning and because of that we fear nothing from God and we are content because we know wherever I may find myself in, I know I'm right where God wants and needs me to be to bring me victory. 
I'm in the spot to receive it. And so we were able to therefore work from victory and not forward because it's already been won for us. Christ already did that. So all we're doing is obeying God and just receiving and possessing the things that God has for us and not allowing those things that appear to be worrisome or those things that are trying to make us be fretful and worry or fearful over something. Rather than doing that, doing it God's way. And that is covering everything what? In prayer with thanksgiving. Now, there are also some uh, some cross-references I want to share that I think will be very helpful for us at this time as well. Um, I want to turn to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18. And this is coming from the verses talking about the armor of God and putting on the full armor in verse three and talking about that we don't fight against flesh and blood, that the real enemy is uh, one that um, controls the dark world and those spiritual forces of evil. These are the real enemy to the believer. And so we have to be suited with the proper, appropriate armor to be able to fight in spiritual combat. And so it talks about standing um, with our armor on in order to be able to to stand our ground. Uh, It says, having your belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and your feet fitted with the gospel of peace, uh, the shield of faith in verse 16, and then it talks about the helmet of salvation in verse 17, and then it talks about, and this is a cross-reference verse, and it says, and pray. So one of uh, the weapons that we have against the evil one, against these spiritual dark forces that are all about taking us out. They want to discredit God, and they want to do that by discrediting each of us, his children. And so verse 18 says, and prayer. So that connects with the other parts of the armor, or the other parts of the weapons that we use in warfare, spiritually speaking. This includes verse 18 as well, and it says, and prayer, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. So, uh, and we found out in a number of episodes earlier out of the book of, um, the book of Romans, in Romans chapter eight, and it was talking about, um, how the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. That's chapter 8, verse 26 of Romans. And it's, I'm still in the NIV. And it says, uh, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, 
but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And so he wants us to know that prayer, particularly praying in the Spirit, as it connects with Romans chapter 8 and verse 26, doing that prayer uh, in the Spirit on all occasions, on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests, because the the various types of diverse temptations that we will find ourselves being confronted with will need all of that. And so we can't leave, we can't afford to leave anything um, not looked at or not, uh, we can't leave anything to chance. We have to make sure that we are on point in the word and through prayer to making sure that everything is, is covered. And so, uh, and then the other cross-reference was coming out of the book of Matthew um, chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 verses 25 through 34. And this is under the heading of this is under the heading of do not worry. <laughs> do not worry. Beginning at verse 25. And I'm going to kind of paraphrase some of this uh, for the sake of time. But it begins by saying, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? And then he begins to say, look at the birds. They don't sow, they don't reap, but God feeds them. And then talks about, you know, don't worry about clothing in verse 28. See how the lilies of the field um, grow. They don't labor, they don't, they don't spin. Yet, not even Solomon in all of his splendor and glory is dressed like one of them. God is taking care of all of these uh, things uh, in nature. And then 31 says, uh, well, 30 says, If therefore, if God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? And then it says, Oh, you of little faith. 31, so don't worry. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or what you're going to wear for the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them God knows that we need these things so we're not going to worry about these things what to wear what to eat we are going to trust God because God knows that we have need of these things all of us do and then it says but seek first his kingdom this is verse 33. And his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry, excuse me, about tomorrow. For tomorrow mm, will worry about itself. Each day, each day has enough trouble of its own. So God wants us to commit everything to him. And for us to believe and understand and have confidence in knowing that he knows because he is our heavenly father. He knows 
that we have need of these things. And so don't worry about those things. Seek him first. In seeking him, all of the needs will be supplied. All right then. So now we're going to go back to back to uh, the Amplified and finish up with verse 8. For the rest, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and gracious. If there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take account of these things. Fix your minds on them. This is how God thinks. And God is teaching us how to learn, how to think the way he thinks. And it first starts with not being troubled, not to worry, not to fret. Give it to him. Let him take that worry and give you his peace in place of it. And when you do that, when I do that, then I'll begin to see how God will begin to remove this heaviness from me and how his peace will transcend all understanding and how his understanding will begin to guard over my heart and my mind because I've received his peace and I got rid of the worry. Now in the Passion Translation, It says, verse 6, Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell Him every detail of your life. 7. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. And then eight, keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, And fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising Him always. Now, I'm not saying, beloved, that the thoughts won't come. The thoughts of worry or the thoughts to make us anxious. Or if we see something or hear something that we may feel threatened by. And then that will want to try to grow and overtake us. But what I am saying is, if we are praying 
on every occasion. As it says here, don't be pulled in different directions or worry about a thing because we're being saturated in prayer. We are praying throughout each day, all of the day, in communion with God. And so we are offering, as it says here, faith-filled requests before God with this overflowing gratitude. And so as we tell God every detail of our life, God is going to help us, what, in every detail of our life. It takes me back to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, where it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, in all your ways, acknowledge him. So in that acknowledgement of every way, then God can deal with us in every way. As we give God every detail of our lives through prayer, talking to him about those things in detail through prayer, then God is able to navigate every detail because we have given it over to him. And so be encouraged today that we can do this through Christ who gives us strength. God does not ask us to do anything that he won't be willing to help us to do it because he is willing. Whatever he's asking us to do, he is willing to be right there with us to help us to do it the right way in a way that will please him. So know that God is for you and that God wants you to keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind. Fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God praising him always. God bless you.